All right, we are back for our third and final segment. Um, I'm tempted to do a, a really couple brief obituaries. We may do that before the uh, before we close. But I want to go back to the Ray McGovern talk. He spoke last Tuesday, September 23rd, at the SEIU Union Hall. The topic was the surveillance state, are freedom and national security compatible? I think the highlight for me was having him show uh, a clip of Michael Hayden, uh, then NSA head, explaining in, in testimony why it was that nobody's constitutional rights were being violated by what the NSA was up to. When someone suggested to the NSA head that, uh, you know, probable cause was needed to do this surveillance on Americans, he assured the questioner that people at the NSA, like himself, were eminently familiar with the Constitution, and no, that did not apply. But uh, just for the record, here's the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. The right of the people to be secure in their person, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. So General Hayden apparently has some uh, misconceptions about Americans' constitutional rights. Apparently when Oregon Senator Ron Wyden was trying to grill uh, James Clapper of the NSA about the 100 million dossier files they had, he Asked him, if you've collected any data on Americans in that? And the reply was, no, sir, not willingly. Well, thanks to Edward Snowden, we can now be quite assured that that's not true. And by God, we hope that Ray McGovern can appear in this program in the weeks to come also and talk a little bit about that for the benefit of you, my dear listener. Now, Ray McGovern did appear the next day up on KVMR. Our pal Jeannie Keltner has a program up there. And Ray came on to talk about, well, lots of things related, related to constitutional rights. But Jeannie asked him specifically about the Ukraine. Ray McGovern was, after all, a CIA analyst. And we should note that we recognize the fact that any modern nation needs to have intelligence information, has to have analysis of what other nations are up to, what their capabilities are, etc. This nation, like all nations, needs intelligence analysts, like Ray McGovern. Now, whether we need clandestine cowboys running amok overthrowing nations is quite another story, story for another day. But Ray McGovern was asked by Jeannie about Ukraine, and I thought his reply was quite interesting. He noted that when the Berlin Wall fell, people in the executive branch told the Russians that they were not going to dance on the Berlin Wall. In other words, they were not going to move NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, organized specifically to counter Russian aggression in Europe in 1948, well, they wouldn't move any closer to the Russian borders. But in fact, looking right now at a current map of NATO, I would note that um, the following former Soviet socialist republics are now part of NATO. Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. The following members of what used to be the Warsaw Pact, which was the Russians' answer to NATO, that have now joined NATO include Poland, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, and Bulgaria. In the grand scheme of geopolitics, you have to think that if you're Russia and you see an organization that's dedicated to fighting you, moving right up to your borders or moving inside your borders, well, you just would have to be a little ill at ease at that. So when they start talking about moving Ukraine into NATO, well, the Russian response is at least understandable. 
Not to say Vladimir Putin's a nice guy. He's not. He's a killer. But it's sad to note the story about the shootdown of the Malaysian Airlines plane. Well, there may be more to the story. We're going to take a closer look at that before we start mouthing off. But it now seems possible that uh, Russian separatists may not have shot the plane down using Russian missiles. There was a study in the news recently saying that there were all these holes in the aircraft indicating that, yes, it was a missile. Well, a lot of holes in the aircraft seems to us would be a little more consistent with it being shot down by, say, a machine gun from, say, an intercepting fighter plane. I don't know. Ignorant at this moment about, uh, about the situation there regarding the Malaysian Airlines jetliner shoot down, but hopefully in the weeks to come we'll get a little smarter and we'll talk about it. All right, I think we should lighten the mood as we finish up the program. What better way to do that when, than with a few obituaries? Now, if you've been a listener to this program, you know that you know, we're not put off by talking about people who have recently left us. We think that their lives um, should be honored and noted, or noted and condemned, as the case may be. But let's just do three quickies that I think are of interest. First, first the passing of actress Polly Bergen, who I think is most familiar to me from watching her on television as a child. She was a regular on the program To Tell the Truth which will surely bring back some memories for any of you old enough to remember that program. As a child, she told her family she didn't want to be a singer, she didn't want to be an actress, she wanted to be a star, and she achieved that. Did pretty well, actually. She was in, first an actress in uh, Across the Rio Grande, which I think includes the Duke Wayne. She'd also go to Las Vegas and belt out tunes for $50,000 a week. Not bad. Perhaps her highest profile role was in 1962. She starred alongside Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum in Cape Fear. Her obit notes that she did develop some voice problems about that and had to decide whether to give up cigarettes or singing. Said Bergen, quote, I chose to continue smoking and quit singing. It was a decision I regretted from that day forward. There may be a lesson in that for all of us. The second figure from the entertainment world I want to cite would be Richard Keel. The seven-foot, two-inch actor was actually a local boy living, I don't know, somewhere in the foothills not too far away. He uh, is far and away best known for his portrayal of the Jaws villain in the 007 series. Reportedly, when he was offered the part of Jaws for the James Bond movie The Spy Who Loved Me, he thought the character was too one-dimensional. So before accepting the role, he insisted the producers give Jaws some human characteristics like frustration and perseverance. The result... That character was so popular with audiences that the studio made him the first and only henchman in the Bond franchise to return for a second film. That would be 1979's Moonraker. Said Keel, I became too likable to kill off. And although Richard Keel did appear in quite a few movies and I guess TV programs over the, over the years, by, by far his biggest depression came as Jaws. Noted one obit. That character produced some of the franchise's most memorable moments, like tearing apart a worn-out van with his bare hands and chomping through a cable car cable, which was actually made of licorice with his steel teeth. Keel would often attend James Bond conventions, noted entertainment journalist Sandro Manetti. Whenever you mentioned Jaws, his eyes lit up, and there was that famous grin. And lastly, we want to note the passing of a guy who I'd never heard of till I read his obituary, Dermatologist Gwinter Kahn. He made an observation back in 1971 that would make him a fortune. The story is that a colleague of his at the University of Colorado Medical Center was mystified by one of his patients and suddenly started sprouting hair all over her body. 
Dr. Khan suspected the cause was minoxidil, a drug she'd been taking for hypertension. To test that hypothesis, Khan and a graduate student applied a solution of minoxidil to their upper arm. Their skin was soon covered in hair. Said Khan, we knew we were on to something. And he was, because minoxidil is better known to you as the baldness cure Rogaine, which today has an annual sales of about $60 million. It took him a while to cash in on his discovery. Apparently back in 1971, he and his grad student visited the headquarters of the Upjohn Company, which first synthesized minoxidil in the 1960s. They briefed executives on the drug's hair-restoring properties. They also had the nerve to ask for a cut of the profits from any future Upjohn products that included topical minoxidil. Well, the pharmaceutical giant then showed his gratitude by filing its own patent request for minoxidil as a hair-growing drug and locked the two men out of Rogaine's development. But after more than a decade of legal tussles, after all, we're talking about something that happened here in America, uh, Upjohn did agree to add Kahn's name to the patents in 1986 and pay both men royalties for the sales of Rogaine, which was launched back in 1988. <laughs> And I want to do one final obituary item before we close today, which was to note that the late Joan Rivers once said, you know, I used to play a lot of Indian casinos. It's tough there if you don't do well. They don't toss tomatoes. They throw tomahawks. Anyway, our thanks to... Professor Josiah Thompson for his most illuminating discussion. We will have more from him in the weeks to come. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett, and by God, we'll see you next week at the same time. Oh, and one final thing. Any opinions heard on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the University of California. But independent studies have shown that our opinions are correct 98.5% 98.5% of the time. Let it fly in the breeze and get caught in the trees. Give a home to the fleas in my hair. A home for fleas, a hive for the buzzing bees. And as for birds, there ain't no words for the beauty, the splendor, the wonder of my hair. Blow it, show it, long as God can grow it, my hair. I want it long, straight, curly, fuzzy, snaggy, shaggy, ratty, 